If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer Podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Today's guest is Chris Barres-Brown. He's the founder of Up In Your Elvis, which is a movement designed to bring more energy into the workplace and to the individuals to level up performance in business and in life. He's a world-renowned speaker, author of four books. He regularly writes for GQ magazine, Harvard Business Review, The Fast Company. And this is my favorite description because it's really true. The Guardian described him as a long-haired, twinkly-eyed cross between Richard Branson and a wizard. I think that's just such a great description. Anyway, let's find out more about Chris up in your Elvis and his very own alcohol-free adventure. Enjoy. So, Chris, welcome. Oh, back. Great to be here, Andy. Oh, lovely, lovely. Um, it's been a pleasure actually getting to know you a bit better over the last couple of months. We've worked together uh, on the Up In Your Elvis project, bringing more energy to people via taking a break from the booze, which is obviously very topical for today's podcast. But I don't want to start there. I just thought um, if we could kick it off by just getting a bit of your background, how you ended up where you are with upping Elvis and writing four books and all the wonderful things that you've been up to over the last few years. Yeah, sure. So, um, so the, the quick backstory is, um, I started off life in the army of all places. I, I soon realized I was way more of a lover than a fighter. So it didn't last long. Uh, then I, I did what everyone does, right. You know, get your degree and then you, you, you find a job you want and then one that you're actually good at. And, um, and in that time, I, I, I kind of followed the story, which is, you know, what you do is you get the best job you can with the biggest car and the big expense account, and you, you start to take over the world, and then you'll be happy. And, um, and I soon realized that actually that, that wasn't really the truth. The, the truth is that what we need to learn to do is tap into what really, you know, gets us excited, what taps into our passions, what makes sure that every day we're living our life in an extraordinary way. And it's not just following the corporate, you know, path. And and as soon as I realised that, I mean, I was running Car and Black Label at the time, big old brand. I should have been very happy. I wasn't. Um, as soon as I realised that actually life was a little bit more than just following the ladder, um, I have been on a mission to help people love their lives as much as I'm loving mine. And that's that's what we get up to up in your Elvis. Brilliant. And you know, there's very a lot of similarities between my own story and yours in many ways a similar thing reached that place where conventional wisdom says hey you're going to be really happy if you get the car the house the cash all that traditional stuff that everyone seems to be chasing and having been fortunate enough to get there in many ways and then you know that that sort of deflating feeling of of realizing oh this is not what it's meant to cracked up to be. In fact, I'm not even remotely happy. I'm probably like a five out of 10 in terms of my sort of well-being and my vitality and my energy. This doesn't make sense. You know, and I think it sounds like you had a very similar experience to myself and then have 
you know, moved out, I guess, of that traditional uh, well-worn route into doing something different that gives back to people. And just tell us a bit more about, you know, up in your Elvis and how it all works and, and, and how you actually bring more energy to people's lives. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. So, um, so our belief is quite straightforward. Our, our belief is that, you know, when we have our energy right, um, everything is fun and it's easy. And when our energy is wrong, it's quite the opposite. And we, we've all had days we've turned up to work and we feel bulletproof and we know regardless of what happens, it's going to be a great day. We also have days where the fact that we've run out of coffee is enough for an emotional breakdown. And, and we are, we are the, same, the same people on both of those days, aren't we? But it's just we've got very different energy. So what we've learned over the years is that um, if we can just tune ourselves with very simple things that we do on a daily basis to get our energy right, we have more of a chance to do you know stellar work and have some fun while we're doing it. Um, so we work with the likes of Coca-Cola, Nike, um, Unilever. We work globally helping organizations, teams and individuals just start the day cracking it out of the park and making sure that, you know, every day has a chance to be that more technicolor and, and that more satisfying. So, we, you know, we, we, we do that through events, we do it through training workshops, we do it through culture change. But the important thing is it's all about, you know, making sure that every individual has a bit more awareness, and a bit more choice as to how they show up. I love it. And what are some of the sort of top tips or the main areas that you get people to focus on? Well, the, the first thing I think, which is absolutely key, is awareness. Because, you know, most, most people that, um, that I work with aren't particularly aware of their energy and, and how they are feeling at any given point. And certainly when I started to do this work 10, 15 years ago, you know, most of the CEOs I used to work with, they used to, you know, wear a badge of honour, which was, you know, I don't sleep. I work, you know, 20 hours a day. I, I fuel myself purely with martini. You know, uh, it was all very alpha male. It was all hard work. And then they'd collapse on a holiday and get sick. And they just didn't really understand what energy was and how it worked and what they could do to make it better. So awareness is key. You know, if, if, you, if you're not aware of how you are at any given point, you don't have any choice. So you have to spend some time on that. Then I think it's all about helping people then understand, okay, if that's what gives me energy, what can I do on a daily basis to enhance it more? Um, and that can be very simple things from kind of exercise and nutrition to understanding how you manage your, your, your time. Understanding, you know, 23 hours a day is your, sorry, 23 hours a day, 23 hours a week is your average amount of time in meetings. So how do you make sure that, you know, you're going to the right ones and actually you're clearing space to use your talents on the right stuff? Simple thing. And then, um, and then the last thing is, of course, making sure that it doesn't get depleted. Um, and there are so many things that go on in our lives that deplete our energy. And, um, and therefore, some simple tricks on making sure that it really counts is, is important, such as starting your day being very clear on what your big thing is. What's the one thing today that if I, if I nail means that when I go home, I'll be high five in it, you know, delighted with my success. Um, and having that clarity and making sure that's the first thing on your list means that you, you know it's just going to be a winner. So it's simple stuff like that. It's, it's not it's not complicated. It's not technical because what we've noticed is the technical stuff does not work. It does not stick. Um, so it's the little things that make the difference and um, and hopefully have a cumulative impact. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it, again, it mirrors a lot of what we do at One You Know Beer. It is that like laser focus on one thing. You know, simple incremental improvements that make. A huge difference. I just wanted to pick up on a couple of things. Did you say 23 hours in meetings? I, I know obviously it's an average, but is that a week? That's your average a week. And, um, and I say your average. Uh, I've got clients that do way more than that. Um, I've got some that do less. 
but I've got, I've got a lot that, 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 that do that. And um, if you actually ask them about how productive they are, it is a shocking travesty. Oh, it is. I mean, I cannot stand meetings. <laughs> I, know. I am I know. just allergic to them, to the very much the frustration of everyone in one, you know, beer. I'm like one of these. I'm like, I'm just not showing up unless I can see some real justification for that time. Yeah. And I'm in a fortunate position um, to be able to do that. But, you know, and all throughout my working career, I've been really, really lucky that that was never part of our culture. And I can only imagine how frustrating I think that is. So as you say, those sort of tweaks to work out one, what meetings are essential, or even then trying to bring your energy to the meetings rather than just being this sort of mindless plod, because I think that in itself can just bring you down. Again, if you look at that stats, like you say, 23 hours, that's, that's huge, right? It is huge. And, and the, the problem is that, you know, a lot of uh, our programming is is kind of primeval. And I know you know a lot about this because you, you're into your psychology, but, you know, a lot of our brain's design is really, um, it's there to help us survive and it hasn't really changed for 50,000 years. So, um, so a lot of the work that we do is about helping what is a, an ancient design fit in a, a business world, which is anything but, because we're just not designed for business, you know, truth be told. If you look at, um, you know, the latest research, we, we, we have about 90 to 120 minutes of deep focus per day. And yet we have, you know, 8, 9, 10, 12 hour days, and we're expected to be productive. And um, we just can't work that way. So just learning a few tricks to make sure that actually – understanding the psychology and how our design works with with today's overlay of you know change and creativity and all the stuff going on means that we can be a bit smarter about how we deploy our genius and and that's a fascinating subject yeah see that in itself how we deploy our genius i love it and i guess what you're doing you're going in at the corp the sort of cultural level of the business itself which is super important right so that flows through and then at the individual level with the tips and tricks and something else you said there's resonated with me because I would always get sick on holiday. It was like a run for me. It'd be like, why does this keep happening? I'd get like three days into my holiday and be completely like, not sort of like, like a bit of a fluey, knocked out, cold. And I'd spend the first half of the holiday trying to recover from this flu type symptoms, only to feel great again. And it never really dawned on me until about 15 years later. And I went, oh, I think that's probably the way that I was living and the stress that I was putting under my body. <laughs> and then when I switched off that um, adrenaline, it was just like, boom, I'd get sick. Yeah, I guess that's something that you see quite a lot then as well. Oh, massive. And, you know, I was the same. So I used to, you know, not only on holidays, Christmas was a classic for me. So, you know, the run-up to Christmas uh, was always a bit nuts. And, um, and you know, I, I'd invariably be lying in bed for a few days over the festive time, just, you know, feeling, as you say, fluey. Holidays were the same. And, you know, I, I used to book holidays, but if I think about them, they're the most boring holidays you could ever imagine. You know, lots of lying around at villas and in hotels by pools and not doing anything. And what a horrible waste of life. And it was all because I was basically mortgaging my energy, as I think many of us have done uh, through our work life, because we just weren't really aware of how to manage it in a way where, you know, it, at the end of the day, we actually felt topped up rather than drained. Um, and obviously the cumulative impact on that is, is very detrimental. All right. And something yeah, I want to dig into there because it's really important. And you said there, you know, it's almost, and, and I believe this, I think so many people are giving away all of their talent and energy in many ways to these inefficient processes that exist within the corporate machine, as it were. And it wasn't until 
and we'll get onto this subject now, I actually stopped drinking, which was like the lever. It was the catalyst into all the other changes, many of the tips and tricks that you're talking about. Um, I really started to get that energy back and that momentum back in my life that I actually then found a bit of time outside of the sort of, I guess, the corporate machine to do the things that were really important to me, to like, you know, study and get fit, write books and all those wonderful things. So this whole energy piece that um, you're talking about here is so, so key, isn't it? It's way bigger than just feeling a bit better in the office. It's this like whole sort of ethos of life that gives you this bit of vitality and oomph for life back that can flow way beyond the business. Which I think is really absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I've, I, I, one of the best books I've read in the last um, year or so um, is Lost Connections, um, and it, it talks a lot about kind of depression and anxiety. Yeah, and where home, it comes yeah. from. Yeah, I think it's just brilliant. And one of the things there that is is absolutely clear is that you know, for us to be feeling good about who we are and living a, a proper life, we need meaning in our work, and therefore we need to make sure that those days count. And when we go home at night, we need to say. I've used my talents in a good way today. It's been a, it's been a worthwhile use of my energy. And um, and if we're not doing that, if we're going away, going actually, I've been beaten up by a system. I've you know I've had my energy drained by endless meetings where nothing's really changed. Then you know day after day, you know week after week, that starts to wear you down. Um, and 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 therefore, guess what? That will impact your overall energetic well-being. And guess what? Your evenings are bad. Your weekends are bad. You have to live for your holidays. And that's just no way to be. You know, a third of our days on this planet are work days. If we are not loving them and bringing our best game to play, it's a terrible waste of life. Yeah, this is so important. And again, this gets to that broader context of connection as well, as you just mentioned there, which is a real, um, it's right at the forefront of my mind in many ways. A lot of the stuff that I do within uh, one, you know, beer and our sort of smaller groups, Alcohol Free Me, and we run like a Live Life Better Mastermind group. We often talk about connection because I actually find that connection out all the things we look at from you know quiet time to exercise to nutrition usually scores the lowest. And it was the same for me. And then you look at the Johan Harry work on lost connections, and you know, the more that I actually dive into the science and the study, I think as a as a nation, culturally, societally, we're just losing out on connection. It's being like pushed out of our lives. So a big message that I put out to all our masterminders is that you have to be the bigger person when it comes to connection because everyone else is in the same boat. So it's not that he said, she said of, well, they haven't sent me a text. They haven't phoned me. They haven't got in contact with me. We have to step up and be the bigger person and be the one that initiates, I think, connection back into our life because I do actually see connection a bit like a skill now. You know, I used to view it as something that you were either blessed with or you weren't, if you know what I mean. You were lucky to have lots of connection, or you weren't. But actually, the more I look into connection, I'm seeing it like this skill that you need to cultivate and put effort into and energy into. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It doesn't happen by accident. Um, you know, it, it is something that takes a certain amount of, of effort. However, the payback is massive. And um, and what we know about, you know, the, the issues of loneliness. I mean, you know, I'm going to go off on one slightly here, but... You know, loneliness is going to have more of an issue on, you know, our well-being in, in the next, you know, 30, 40 years than obesity and smoking and alcohol. And um, the more that you realize the issue that it has as far as your adrenal responses, the levels of cortisol in your system being lonely, it's massive. And, and a lot of people think, well, you know, I'm surrounded by people all day, but but it doesn't mean to say that you're not lonely. You know, you get lonely when you don't share meaningful experiences with people, where you're not connecting on stuff that matters 
and we can we can live very busy lives surrounded by people and not do that and live our days on our phones having these pseudo relationships with people that don't count and it hurts you know over time that will hurt your energetic system so and yeah we're totally aligned as ever mate i totally agree with you yeah and that, these are the brilliant points and again why like the tribes are so important finding tribes of like-minded people to make those deep connections that's like remove the pseudo fluff as it were and again like one in a that's why we have these wonderful communities come together and i think people love it and they really again grow energy and momentum from being in these groups because there's a tribe to share meaningful uh contact as you so rightly pointed out i think stuff's so important but anyway let's just change tack slightly and talk about a massive energy booster in my opinion and that is taking a break from alcohol. So Chris and I, just for the listeners, got together recently. Um, I did some work with the Up In Your Elvis team just to introduce maybe a break where well, we did a 28-day challenge um, from alcohol to many of Chris's members just to see how much energy that would bring back into the room. Because I know, Chris, you've been inspired because you've taken your own alcohol-free challenge. I just thought we could touch on that and maybe share some of your results. Yeah, sure. So I am. I must be close to a hundred days now. Um, yes, so I stopped, stopped. Stopped in July after my birthday, and quite frankly, after my birthday, I needed to stop. It was quite a celebration. Um, and, but you know, for me, it has been quite a revelation. Um, it's not. It's not the first time that I have um, stepped back from alcohol, but I've I've tend to have done it for like thirty days at a time. And actually, there is a huge benefit in going longer. Um, so I'm, I'm delighted I have gone as far as I have. And actually, I'm not, I'm not one of these people that never say never. But at the moment, I can't point in actually going back to it, Andy. So that is very good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, I think you've touched on something there that's really important. The longer challenges are key. You know, the 28-day yeah. stuff is brilliant to dip your toe in, like a little warm-up just to see behind the sort of alcohol matrix and see what's waiting for you. But I think it's in the longer challenges. We always say that magic happens somewhere between 28 and 90 days where there's that click of, ah, now I get it. I'm not actually missing out on anything. In fact, I'm gaining all of these wonderful advantages. Therefore, why would I go back, not about, as you say, never say never, it's not about giving up forever, far from it, but why would I ever go back to the way that I was before? And I think that's where that transformation happens, that even if you did decide to drink again on your own terms, whatever it is, your relationship with alcohol would be totally and fundamentally transformed. And I think that's yeah. that's the secret right there. I totally agree. And, you know, I was talking about the story that I was sold around careers. You know, you, you get the next job, you, you get a mortgage, a bigger car, and you'll be happy. Well, there's another story, isn't there? And the story is that booze is good. You know, booze is for a celebration. Booze makes life okay. Booze is for the highlights and the, the lowlights of your life. And it's an absolute fallacy, isn't it? I mean, when you actually start to step away from it and look at our relationship with it, you know, it's something that, it's very important for us to challenge because, you know, it can't be good for everything, can it? You know, if you look at it in, in a, the harsh light of day, ultimately it is a poison for our system. So why on earth, whenever we go on holiday, we think, oh, I'm on holiday. Oh, I can, I can have a beer in the morning. Isn't that good? You know, you're basically taking your time off uh, to, away from your busy, busy job to just stress out your system more, um, talk more pish. Uh, you know, make worse decisions. I mean, you really, when you look at it, it is kind of comical, isn't it, Andy? Um, so 
I'm, I'm delighted to step back from it all and, and have a much clearer perspective as to where alcohol fits in my life. Yeah, and this is so true and something that you just mentioned there about it's that conventional wisdom, isn't it? The conventional wisdom yeah. that you, we were all told around, you know, uh, material success and happiness. Then you reach that place and realise that was a lot of rubbish. Then you move on to alcohol. Same conventional wisdom is there. You need it to be fun, to be sexy, you need to be cool. You need it to be sex, uh, successful. It's total rubbish. And for me... And that's why I always say to our members that this is way bigger than just taking a break from alcohol because what happens, I think you gain such momentum when you come out the other side of you know, the alcohol matrix, as it were, and you realise that that was a load of rubbish. You've been sold this conventional like, rubbish that you just mentioned for all of these years. It's been holding you back. It's been holding your health, your career, your relationships, all that sort of stuff. When you get out the other side and you go, that was unbelievable how much I believe that, it gives people confidence then to challenge all the other conventional wisdom. Like in my example, the next thing I challenged was the way that I consumed food. I assumed for me, personal story, that I needed meat to be a man. And then actually I started to experiment with different types of eating because I knew it was good for me. And actually, you know, my diet was transformed, which then snowballed onto me losing 42 pounds in weight or free stone, you know, reversing heart disease, all this wonderful stuff. But it came from those gems of um, realizations that actually a lot of the conventional wisdom that exists in our society is just wrong. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, funnily enough, I just watched Game Changers last night. So I might be, I might be coming to the plant-based team myself. Um, but when, when you do start to challenge some of those assumptions, um, it is interesting when you look around how many things that we do that are a bit ridiculous. Um, and I think, you know, just choosing one big habit to break, and I think booze is a great one to break, it does make you perceive things in different ways um what, what i found particularly interesting so uh, you know I've, I've talked a fair bit about my experience on this uh, alcohol journey because people find it quite fascinating because a, a lot of my um identity in the past was as quite a hedonist you know so a lot of my, my mates are hedonists they they love to go out and party a lot of my mates are chefs you know i'm a big fan of wine my wine cellar is rather ridiculous it's got some wonderful things in there and a lot of, you know, who I was was about that. And what I've really enjoyed is if you do a, a month, it's great. But if you do a few months, what I've noticed is my identity has changed. So I no longer see myself as a hedonist in the traditional sense. Because all my hedonism was stuff that took my energy away. Now I'm hedonist in what gives me energy. So swimming in the sea is hedonism to me. But yeah. actually, it gives me energy. You know, spending time out in nature with my dogs and my family gives me energy. But it's a hedonistic thing. I still love it, you know. Um, it, 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 that shift is, is amazing. And the number of times I spoke to people who said, look, I just feel so much better for not drinking. And they go, oh, I couldn't do that. That's just not me. I don't know who I'd be if I did that. It, it just goes to show what a pervasive trap alcohol can be and, and if you just spend enough time away from it you start to realize it's not you it's not your identity you are somebody else and actually your friends start to realize that too and they they don't give you grief anymore they support you in it and they realize that actually it's pretty cool to make that choice and that's what I like about going a bit longer Andy that's the thing that's really come in in the last kind of you know four or five weeks I think that's such a brilliant point. And, and we always talk about rediscovering your authentic self. It's so true, isn't it? You give yourself a chance for five minutes to find out like what's underneath. What is it that you really enjoy? And as you said there, you've now found these wonderful things that 
revitalize you and provide you with energy that still feel hedonistic because I think like swimming in the ocean is just to pick up on that example it's just one of the most invigorating things you can ever possibly do it's just it's amazing you know I'm lucky enough I go and do it with the happy pair guys over in Ireland from time to time ah yeah nice and, and they're yeah. quite, you know they've built a whole community around it. I've been in there when it's been snowing. To be fair, so you don't last long. Yeah. That is invigorating. But the point you being, don't need long, do you? Let's face it, you don't need long when it's that cold. No. <laughs> but, but the point is, your your focus starts to shift, doesn't it? From those well-worn yeah. roots of hey, hedonistic to me. What does that mean? Like I drink wine with the lads and don't uh, the usual happens. Actually, it's there's these other opportunities that didn't exist for me before and, and I'm sure it was for you because you, your focus is just elsewhere where it's when you do those longer challenges you give yourself the chance to find these new experiences that mean just as much but rather than take away your energy they give it back I mean I thought, thought that was a brilliant point you just made there Chris but um and I think that's actually probably a nice place to draw it slightly to a close but what I wanted to do before we go where can we find out more about you I'm sure people are going to be intrigued to learn more about Up In Your Elvis and your books and all the wonderful stuff that you're doing yeah sure so uh, you know check out the site Up In Your Elvis um, uh, you can also check out a bit more about me on Barres Brown um, we've also got a, a mental well-being um, social enterprise that we set up called Talk It Out which I recommend to any of you if um if at times you find your head gets a bit busy and you just want to be able to get some clarity, talk it out as a very simple walking, talking uh, technique that anyone can do. And it gives you a little top up. And it's one of those little experiments that, you know, getting away from the booze is incredibly good for you. I think getting a bit more clear in your mind also good. So give that a go. But, you know, we're out there all on the social stuff. Check us out. And um, if anything ever resonates, get in touch. We, we love to meet like-minded people who just want to make every day that bit more special. Brilliant. And just before you go, just tell me quickly a bit more about um, Talk It Out. I think that's really intriguing. Yeah, so so we I've been teaching Talk It Out um, as a creative technique. I wrote about it in my first book in 2005. Um, do is you grab Buddy and one of you talks flat out about the thing that you are trying to work on and have ideas on as the other person just listens. And it's a subconscious growth technique. Eventually, you run out of conscious story and you start to access your subconscious. So it's great for ideas. It's great for insights. But invariably, people come back saying, do you know what? I just feel a bit better about you know, what I was working on. We've researched it with the university. And we found that it has huge impacts on your world. It, it decreases anxiety. Um, it, it ups positive uh, emotions. People feel happier afterwards. So we've launched it as, um, as a way to help people just clear their minds out. A bit like going to the gym and, and eating, you know, well is good for your body. This is a good approach for your mind. And we just want people to do it maybe once a month uh, with a buddy. It's a very simple thing to do. You can do it walking the dog. And um, and I think you'll find that when you do that, you'll just come back being very clear on who you are, what's important, what's not, and having a clarity that just gives you some peace. So, uh, so that's what it's about. And I, I'm trying to get 10 million people to take part in the next three years. So, um, you know, any help gratefully received. Oh, no, I'm really glad we honed in on that because uh, I love walking myself. I love walking and talking. It's my favourite way. And, we, you know, at the very start of this podcast, we were talking about all those hours in meetings. Well, wherever possible, if I've got phone calls to take or meetings to attend, because most of them are via Zoom now, um, I walk whilst I do it. I find myself that everyone laughs because I'm usually in the woods somewhere. <laughs> so they can sort of <laughs> 
chirping on me saying hello to dog walkers as we're in the middle of these meetings. But like, I just think there's something about moving your body in a gentle way, yeah. so not actually like taking away from your like mental capacities, as it were. And then just talking. I mean, uh, one, you know, we've done a few big trips. We often do them up to top of Snowden type of trips. So these sort of like longer hikes, such a lovely way to get to know people. I know what you're saying here, it's like a channeled exercise in many ways, just to get everything off your off your chest and see what bubbles up creatively or even just to get, you know, shed some of that sort of mental load. I think it's a wonderful initiative. And um, just remind us quickly before we wrap it up, where can people find out more about that particular initiative uh if you just look up talk it out um dot org you will find it it's on our website as well uh, on up in your elvis and um yeah we've got all the resources there so people can take part and it's a very simple way of using some ancient wisdom with some modern psychology to you know to get you feeling better so yeah give it a go absolutely love it brilliant we'll wrap it up there chris but i'll definitely get you back on to talk more about some of these subjects it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for spending some time with me today Loved it, Andy. Thank you so much for helping me be alcohol-free. I am loving the adventure. Top man. Thanks for listening to the One Year No Beer podcast. For a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself, head on over to oneyearnobeer.com. One